Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So, let us begin. This week, the story is all about what I guess is turning out to be kind of a long year for Star Wars fans, because we're having to endure this really long spell between the releases of prestigious, uh, exciting uh, franchise installments like the TV series that we've been discussing and anticipating for a long, long time. So rather than picking one specific theme for this week's podcast or trying to count down some list, we're really just going to uh, talk about what's in the offing uh, as it uh, sooner approaches, basically just covering some news. Um, and uh, Ross knows a lot more about it than I do, so some of this is going to come as something of a surprise, although we're not without at least a few really exciting uh, bits of Star Wars news this week. And that's that's kind of the the nice thing about these these off years in Star Wars releases, Ross. Like, you just get to uh, be surprised now and then with, with what might be announced. And considering how little we know about the shows coming out in 2022, everything is a surprise. Absolutely. And that's what's really, like you said, it's what's really exciting. This in particular, uh, some of the main news that came out this past week, uh, caught a lot of people off guard, not necessarily as remotely surprising uh, or outside the realm of what we thought was possible or even what we thought was necessarily coming, but as something that, of course, with all the things that we have in the pipeline, that this is something that is going to just once in a while break. Uh, and so I can maybe like, as opposed to dancing around it, uh, we'll talk about Ahsoka a fair bit uh, today. And in particular, uh, the news that Hayden Christensen will be returning in that. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, we can maybe kind of dive right into that so that there's no dancing around it. But uh, kind of the rumor for the Ahsoka show is that Ahsoka Tano is on the hunt for the evil Grand Admiral Thrawn in the hope that it'll help her locate the missing Ezra Bridger, the young Jedi that disappeared with Thrawn many years ago. And so that would be the very end of Rebels in which uh, Ezra sacrifices himself to essentially shipwreck Thrawn's Star Destroyer in the unknown regions. He gets blasted off into hyperspace uh, and it's got a Star Destroyer full of Thrawn, his crew, and this Jedi who shipwrecked them all out there. And so that uh, is ultimately Ahsoka, what she's looking for, but how she will find them it seems to be the journey that we will go on with her. So it's not new information that Hayden Christensen is coming back to Star Wars, but what this confirms is what we've already kind of suspected, which is that he's not just coming back for like fan service or like a little Easter egg, like a little cameo. Uh, no, he's probably going to prominently feature in Obi-Wan Kenobi. But this really confirms that he's back uh, in a big way because he's going to cross over into the Ahsoka show as well. And that's a good thing because I don't know a lot about Ahsoka, but obviously the uh, the turn of Anakin Skywalker has an impact on her as a character. And so where we meet her when she's portrayed by Rosario Dawson, she's a whole new version of Ahsoka to the Star Wars super fan. And so we would like to see her continue to interface with that tragedy. Yes, absolutely. That time period is likely going to be uh, before the final kind of um, moments. At the, so at the very end of Rebels, we see a flash forward where you see uh, Ahsoka meet up with Sabine again, and Sabine uh, was one of the main characters in Rebels, a uh, good friend of Ezra's. They meet up together to go, what you assume is on the hunt for Ezra. Mm. Uh, and Dave Filoni did a little sketch one time of the two of them in a snowstorm, uh, just to kind of, and just put it on Twitter to kind of show people like, oh, they're out looking for him still, sort of. Uh, but with that, it's believed that her episode of Mandalorian takes place 
before she begins that journey. And because of the fact that she's, where is your master? Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? It would make sense that that was the case. Uh, it also appears at this time, because of the way she speaks uh, to Din about Grogu, that she doesn't have a ton of closure maybe on Anakin. So there's still a lot more of that relationship left to unfold. Uh, and in particular, she we don't believe she knows that he returned to the light side of the force. And so the fact that, yes, we know we're going to see Hayden Christensen portraying uh, Anakin, who has turned to the dark side of the force in Kenobi, uh, we there's no logical reason for us to see dark side uh, Hayden Christensen, Darth Vader, uh, in Ahsoka. It doesn't make any sense. Sure, it will yeah. either be as a force ghost, flashbacks, um, or like World Between Worlds maybe, which could maybe give you Darth Vader, but logically it's flashbacks of force ghosts of Anakin Skywalker as Ahsoka knew him. That'd be a really interesting role for him to step step back into because like where he's going to be playing some version of Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, that's kind of a departure from how we're used to seeing him in Star Wars. What do you say to the people who are concerned, not so simply that he's just not a good actor, because I'm not interested in that opinion, but are concerned that he is inexorably attached to a time when Star Wars looked and felt, frankly, cornier? And are you at all concerned that that will bleed into his new role in a negative way? If you believe that, then the Emperor is already won. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but actually that I think is uh, a kind of a good callback to the way you see Obi-Wan. Yep. That is something that is such a, we don't get to see the reincarnation of Obi-Wan in uh, the force ghost form in A New Hope that comes on later on. And we do eventually many years later in the remasters get to see Hayden Christensen at least smile as a force ghost. And so as much as some people struggled with that, some people like myself find that a, a very uniting moment between the two sagas. And so I feel him coming back in particular as a force ghost uh, with a little bit of perspective almost feels to me like one of the most logical things yet to come. Now, it being Ahsoka as his Padawan is more of a new flavor because of my love for Clone Wars has grown over the last uh, seven years, I'd say, whereas I've known Hayden Christensen's face at the end of Return of the Jedi since I was, or I don't know, I, I guess 11 is probably when George Lucas, he did it right around Revenge of the Sith because it's okay. a Revenge of the Sith footage with his hair. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it's just, it, there's a a connection there that I think will, will be very fitting. What I think will seem maybe weird is the flashbacks more so. Uh, because it will be able to provide better direction for Hayden Christensen. And so I think an elevated uh, Hayden Christensen acting as a force ghost in a different way, uh, speaking in somewhat flowery language, I think it fits. I think maybe an extremely well-directed Hayden Christensen being a young Anakin Skywalker may be the thing that actually surprises people. I think they'll love it, but I think maybe the thing that takes them out more so than uh, force ghost Anakin, but that's just, that's just my view. Superficially, does he have to have the long hair and her visions of him? Like, can we, are we able to just like stick a pin in that and say, you know, he can look a little older and more handsome as, as force ghost Anakin? Uh, no, I think he kind of needs the long hair. I don't think he, he never in his life had, um, like they're not going to make him look like 19 year old Anakin. 
Uh, well, Soka didn't know him at that point either. No, uh, he should look the way Ahsoka knew him, and also that is the way that he's represented in Return of the Jedi. So I think it's the most logical no, I, way. I know to that have him logically, but I just wonder if we can like maybe not care about that too much and not have to get caught up on him like putting on so much of a costume. Yeah. I I don't know. I I I don't think it makes sense okay. if we see uh, Hayden Christensen as a forty-year-old guy with short hair that Darth Vader never looked like, hmm. um, and Hayden and, and Anakin never really looked like. And then it goes down to well, why does Anakin get to return to his better form when he becomes one with the Force? Well, and because of that, he, it would not make a whole lot of sense for him to then after that moment deteriorate in the force and then start to look shitty except it wouldn't be the first time that that force ghost anakin looked like a way he never in fact looked like when they used uh uh was it sebastian shaw shaw yeah yep. um i mean i realize that's been retconned and so it's kind of irrelevant here but like i just think that if if they decided to have you know buzz cut hayden christensen be force ghost anakin skywalker i don't think it would i don't think it would bother me at all uh, by the way do we know bald uh, bald bald is the only other acceptable one and I, I i don't like it yeah but bald is the only thing that makes sense because at least he, his hair burnt off right um do we do we know for sure the timeline of the ahsoka show is going to be post return of the jedi it is heavily heavily uh, believed to be the same timeline as Mando. Okay. But there is also the ability for the world between worlds to come into play. They're doing and that the though to to create like a Marvel-esque crossover universe so that everybody's yes. on the same page. Yes. Yeah. But the big thing with the world between worlds is the world between worlds allows for time manipulation. Hmm. And so there is the ability for her to potentially, like maybe there's a part of her that makes her want to feel like she can save her old master in reality as opposed to and then he needs to come see her through the force to tell her that no i'm at peace sort of thing i don't know uh but there's the ability for the world between worlds to send ahsoka through multiple time periods um space and time could get a little funky in that show uh it wouldn't surprise me uh and if they introduce things like the mortis arc as well that can allow it to um, just have a lot of converging of a lot of force things that don't necessarily need to adhere to standard Star Wars rules. So the time period of this show, I really do think is the most malleable potentially of all of them. Yeah. Well, I know that I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, but like, wouldn't it be so nice if uh, Hayden Christensen showed up, was shepherded by the right creators, was given great scripts, has grown also as an artist himself, and he was able to get like an Emmy nomination for one of these two series. I, I, I realize that that's probably, probably a stretch a more realistic hope is just that it'll kind of boost his career again, which obviously he never, not never, but he wasn't able to retain the same movie star status that he was kind of on the projectile towards. And it'd be so nice if after his uh, Star Wars victory lap in a couple years, he was able to do uh, some other Netflix series where he's just like a really awesome uh uh, lawyer or some I don't know what it would be like but if we could actually yeah. get him back in our in our uh, zeitgeist again that would be a real win uh, for him and for us fans yeah if that's something that he wants absolutely and I really hope that uh, th that this is kind of that coming out again party or another opportunity um, 
because he did have some films and he was considered not a, ba a bad actor and there are other performances that he's received good reviews for but when you have star wars that is by so above and beyond not even close to uh comparable the most popular thing you've ever done it's the only thing people will ever say that and he was not given the best direction at a lot of instances and there's a couple like shaky things in attack of the clones but the fact that you can see such tr tremendous growth between attack of the clones and revenge of the sith when he was a young 20s actor mm. goes to show i mean how much he can add to it and how much more he can bring to the character now and the technology to be able to de-age him can potentially give us some of the strongest anakin we've ever seen and yes maybe he'll get another netflix show but I'm of the mindset as well that we do have the face of Darth Vader. The most there are twelve, like twelve people who have played or contributed to playing Darth Vader in a prominent way on film. Yeah, um, he is the one that we we associate the face of Darth Vader with the most. Kind of, yeah. That says a lot. There are like there are th the three most important people being James Earl Jones, uh, Hayden Christensen, of course uh and uh david price sure and so those three but the fact that you got the face of hayden christensen still around still young use him yeah. and still young use him again yep. i mean kenobi and ahsoka these are two perfectly logical logical places uh and you don't want to do overkill but brainstorm now in your best possible ways what is what are all of the important anakin skywalker stories that we may want to tell or ones in which it's incredibly important for him to show up again in. Uh, and maybe that is if they want to tell a Skywalk, uh, Skywalker saga episodes 10, 11, and 12, that they feel like maybe Anakin needs his force ghost to be in those in some right. capacity. I don't know. Uh, but use them while you got them. And so I'm really thrilled to see the fact that Kenobi and Ahsoka, these two prominent shows that really are focused on uh, attracting two very different uh, subsects of Star Wars fans. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody knows who Obi-Wan Kenobi is and everyone will be interested in that. Whereas Ahsoka is uh, the, I guess, the, the, sh the shallowest deep cut in Star Wars that there is, mm -hmm. uh, but is still a deep cut in that way to a lot of people. And so it creates this whole other exploration of um, what Star Wars can do and the fact that you have Anakin Skywalker, which is the furthest thing from a deep cut connecting in both of them, it really is exciting. And I wonder what kind of crossover or, or what a, new things about Anakin we may learn that are consistent in both. Uh, when you think about like Han's dice, for example, not a good example, well, but something that was given so much more prominence in the Disney acquisition of Star Wars and in the sequel trilogy and then again in solo tying them back and forth together i wonder if there's any anakin things they could do like that you, you don't mean specifically with the dice but like something that they can like haul out of the the nosebleeds and like turn it into something more canonically significant than we might have suspected yeah like it or i mean i i know this is this one wouldn't work because i believe uh, i know padme gets buried with it and maybe anakin does take it with him when he goes back thing? to see the japor snippet yeah, yeah. so like if, if if in the comic vader takes that from padme's grave i don't remember if he does or if he just notices it right um if, if he took that then maybe anakin's force ghost wears that around his neck or something i don't know that that kind of works or something but he gave it to padme so i hope he kind of left it there in, in the tomb <laughs> In those, uh, but something like that. 
In that final frame of the series finale of The Clone Wars, when he has made the transition and he is now Darth Vader and he goes to, is it Hoth or he goes to some kind of snowy planet and... It's, it's, a, it's an unidentified moon. Does he take anything there? Is there some kind of like retrieval happening or does he just like walk around in the snow and you see his eye? Well, specifically, it's Ahsoka's lightsaber. Yes. Okay. Uh, so that could be she, important. It it could, but I don't know. Like that, that's a possession. Oh, I don't know if. He, well, that doesn't. I don't know if there's necessarily um, where the possession goes there, but I would love for Ahsoka to get her hands on, or maybe to be part of the the journey of Maz getting that saber in some way, shape, or form. But I'm pretty sure that that entire chain of custody has been explained in in the comics. But I. That I don't know if that item necessarily would work to carry over into the um, into the Kenobi series as well. I, but you're right; there, there should be something. And uh, she does slice up his mask in Rebels as well, um, which I think could be repurposed again in Kenobi uh, if Kenobi and him have a brutal knockdown fight where his helmet gets damaged. You know who uh, Hayden's Vader. Um, should probably interact with at some point is Palpatine's son, his clone son. They should probably start expanding that, Ray's father, into something a little bit more digestible so that we know the full story there. Because obviously he can't interact with Ray. She's not born by the time he dies. But like, they've got to fill in some gaps there that, that are left for us in Rise of Skywalker. I see him as being a contingency uh, that he wouldn't tell Anakin or Vader about. No. I, 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 very, I very much believe that that would be something. Now, in that same vein, Vader discovers a lot of the experiments that Palpatine has on Exegol. And so he is included in some of that stuff. But at the same time, he discovers it. And then it's a matter of, well, how much does Palpatine want you to know? I don't think Palpatine would would have any interest in showing it because he, he also is a failure Ray's father yeah he's he's just a discarded and it was recently revealed in the secrets of the sith book which is kind of coming out and just tells you it's basically a journal of palpatine like his thoughts of all the other sith like so him like his his burn um, book his, his, you beat me to it his burn book <laughs> on the other sith exactly um but in there he does kind of mention that he let his son live because as much as he wasn't force sensitive, it was still his blood that ran through his veins. So yeah. you never know what could happen. Uh, and sure yeah. enough, uh, that he did birth uh, a daughter that then Palpatine was like, okay, now I'm going to get you back. <laughs> is it possible that, uh, and this would be not in the Ahsoka show, it would probably be in the Obi-Wan show. Is it possible if we're going to spend a lot of time with, with Vader, we could at least get some uh, uh, Ian McDermott voiceovers? If we, if we don't see I him hope. in person, but I think we're going to hear his voice in Vader's head a little bit, right? I don't know if we need to hear his voice in Vader's head. That that would almost make me, oh boy, that would make me really go down. Well, that would make me go down the rabbit hole of okay, does like does Vader is Vader possessed in a similar sort of way that Kylo Ren was? And I don't, I wouldn't like that so sure. much uh, if there's like a kind of a ringing in his ear in that regard, but. I do think like you can have a hollow uh, and I, do you say that you thought it would be more sense for the Kenobi show? Well, just because he's Vader at that point in, in the Ahsoka it, show, he's, he'd be the ghost of Anakin Skywalker. 
and Palpatine would be uh, dead or right. on Exegol dead. Yeah. So yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think that that is one of those few kind of drops that you can have in Kenobi. There's been very, there's very few things that are going to be kind of saved for Kenobi other than the show itself. Yeah. Uh, it feels like so many things have been kind of revealed as surprises, but that's one that you absolutely can. And I think fits and there aren't too many more places for Palpatine um, to show up as a side character, in my opinion. I think they're the, the next big thing is we need a Palpatine centric story and not the Skywalker saga. We need something that um, ties up uh, some of the messiness that wasn't messy before. Uh, and no. that, and that can make it that can make it fun. too. Yeah. And I don't think they want to waste a lot of time in the very precious Obi-Wan show filling mm. in the holes created in the rise of Skywalker. Having said that, uh, Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan did deal in that world. It, so it's not like it would be this total departure. And so like it's really just two degrees of separation between Obi-Wan and Palpatine. And so, yeah, they could start to lay a little bit of patchwork there. I could see that conceivably. Yeah. Uh, but there are definitely the acolyte, I would say, would be the show that will lay hopefully the framework for Plagueis that will lay hopefully the framework for more info on Palpatine. Maybe, but the, the acolyte will without question, have way fewer eyeballs on it than the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Yes. However, it will have uh, different eyeballs because it could build up a cult status outside of Star Wars because yeah. it's done by Leslie Headland, uh, and it might have a, a different level of nuance that other Star Wars shows uh, haven't. And I think Andor could as well, I think, in in the sense that it will, could be a... a, a a, a, it could feel very Star Warsy, but could it could also be a real departure from what people are expecting with the, just how spy thriller it might end up being, uh, which I'm really okay with. And same with uh, the the acolyte, maybe very much a in the shadows, mysterious, um, but having a large focus in the dark side of the force. I mean, that's just that makes me really intrigued. You can as long as you keep the Star Warsy vibes, uh, you can take these really creative lenses, and it, it that's. And that's what you want to see. You want to see more of that. And then you can still have your your Mandos and your Boba Fetts at the center. They just give you a ton of uh, pure Star Wars DNA in the, in the Western samurai style. Just one more thing on Hayden Christensen's status as a, a famous actor. This is just coming to me now. And so it, this, mm. is, this is a theory uh, in the works. But I think a lot has been made of Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood in particular being, of the, being cut from the same cloth in terms of their prominence in popular culture. They they became enormously famous at roughly the same time as the lead boyish hero of this enormously popular and, um, and heavily consumed fantasy epic on the big screen, roughly the same age. And then they both decided after they got that out of their system, great, I made all my money and now I'm gonna be the artist that I think I want to be and I'm pretty sure I have the freedom to be. And so in many ways, they have that in common and essentially they both stuck the landing. And I think you could also argue that Robert Pattinson fits into that class as well uh, with Twilight. And all three of those guys, Radcliffe, Wood, Pattinson, have managed to create some really interesting content after their nerdy franchise. I think maybe Hayden Christensen belongs in this class of of young actors. And 
he just wasn't able to stick the landing. And for whatever reason that we've probably discussed ad nauseum on the podcast before. But I'm not so sure Daniel Radcliffe is so much of a better artist than Hayden Christensen. It just happened to be that things worked out after the fact. Does that make sense? I don't know that Hayden Christensen had goals to be in a lot of indie movies after he got done with Star Wars. It's kind of not the point I'm trying to make. But the four guys were both saddled with a lot on their shoulders, carrying these like really sensitive, precious franchises that people were going to try and poke holes in. And it stands to reason that one of them was going to get upset from the apple cart. I think that's a, a really inter interesting observation. I think, uh, and I, this is not to argue it, I think it's more to maybe provide my guess as to what maybe happened. I would say that in the case of Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood, they are they were they were cast as leading boys yep they were not cast as leading men per se and i know that that's like, i mean the hobbits i don't really know how exactly that works with age but they were not cast to be um the the the, the larger than life hero uh they were not cast to be uh necessarily sex symbols either whereas Anakin Skywalker, like he was chosen because like Hayden Christensen was chosen because of his resemblance to James Dean. Yep. Uh, and uh, the when you look at Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson did also have the benefit of as much as he wasn't a huge character, he had his feet in both Harry Potter and Twilight. So yep. that gives him an extra broad grouping. And then the fact that yes, Robert Pattinson is such a bananas good actor that despite the the pullback from having like, yourself associated with some of those, uh, with a large franchise, the way that these all these other people did as well, um, that he was able to kind of push through it, whereas Hayden Christensen maybe wasn't as easily able to. So I think Robert Pattinson is maybe a bit more of a directed comparison, whereas I think it was maybe a little bit harder for them. Whereas Daniel Radcliffe and Elijah Wood, are they will never, there's no, there's no roles that will ever come close to that again. Yep. But there were there are always heroic leading men over six foot that are white and uh, incredibly like and have chiseled faces. That's just the way it is. And so I think we can compare the opportunities that they didn't get mm -hmm. a little easier than we can see the opportunities that Elijah Wood and Daniel Radcliffe were able to kind of carve out for themselves. And Elijah Wood also has on top of all this, the fact that his movies were Oscar winners. And so he gets the artsy credits yeah. that nobody else does. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That that completely changes the game. The thing that Danny Radcliffe has that none of the other guys have, except maybe uh, Robert Pattinson, although his movies were critically panned. Um, the Harry Potter movies were largely pretty well received critically. They're one of the biggest film franchises in terms of commercialism of all time. And uh, after a certain point in the 11 years it took them to make the Harry Potter movies, Daniel Radcliffe gained a lot of autonomy. He gained a lot of power within the franchise because the plan was to make eight of these things. And he was able to renegotiate to an extent that Hayden Christensen was not. He was only playing that character for maybe four years. And so he didn't walk away from it with the amount of uh, independence within the industry that the other guys had. That's a that's a phenomenal point. I think that is I think that is actually more than anything. The deciding factor is that he only had two movies and all those people had like at, at minimum three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so there you go. I, I think that is in three Lord of the Rings movies, six other movies. Well, and so, Elijah Wood is also in 
the first Hobbit movie, I think, in just like a, a little way. But yes, he's he's always a- attached to that. And those movies are big and they're Oscar winners. Um, anyway, I still think that he is kind of like the lost stepchild of that little family of, of young actors. And I'd like to see that maybe redeemed. Do, do you have yes. any other like like big news things you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about some like smaller little updates? Uh, we can talk about just a couple more things maybe in the Ahsoka show. Uh, okay. I was just kind of looking through to see what has uh, indeed leaked through. And, I, and I'm, I don't know if we had chatted about this before, but Barris Afi, who is a friend of Ahsoka's uh, and was a Padawan at the same time, who was the one who betray, who betrays her, uh, bombs the Jedi Temple and uh, ultimately f- frames it on Ahsoka. Yeah. Uh, and she is heavily believed to have become an Inquisitor uh, and could be in the Kenobi show, um, but likely is being saved uh, to have made it through uh, the, the rigor of the Empire and will be a villain for the Ahsoka show, uh, very likely, um, because Barris and her have a, such a long history as former friends that uh, it's believed that she has, uh, they've been casting for her for the Ahsoka show. Can you give us like a, just like a brief synopsis on what an Inquisitor is? So an Inquisitor would be uh, someone who works for Darth Vader. These are, in most cases, fallen Jedi or uh, fallen Padawans who were then manipulated and trained uh, trained up to be uh, basically Jedi hunters. Okay. So they worked for Darth Vader, working for Palpatine to finish off Order 66. And at th- their job was to find Jedi. And they got polished off kind of throughout the 20 years leading up to uh, a new hope, but there is maybe, maybe Barris uh, hung around or maybe Barris wasn't an inquisitor and still hung around uh, and to face uh, and will face Ahsoka as a villain of unattached uh, affiliation, or maybe uh, was on Thrawn's Star Destroyer the whole bloody time. And, and we didn't know. I mean, there, there's so many ways in which she could be brought in, uh, but was just a background character in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Uh, but had a, a few good arcs in, in the Clone Wars. Okay, cool. Uh, also, a uh, potential casting for a character named Riz, and this would be kind of a young, lone wolf, uh, hot-headed uh, team player, uh, although lone wolf and team player, like, kind of like becoming a team player sort of thing. Um, it's like Han Solo. Do, yeah, we'll do what must be done, um, yeah. is being potentially cast. Uh, and this, because they're looking for somebody young, it sounds a lot like Ezra. So it, it, it could have been an old Ezra uh, casting search leak, uh, but it also could be someone who will be the the eyes of the audience uh, or more directly. Ahsoka's will finally maybe get a Padawan herself, mm. which will ultimately result in a lot of reason for Anakin to be there to guide her True. as a master. Yeah. And maybe where she'll have a lot of self-doubt as, oh, I can't take on a student. I can't do it. And then she'll finally hear from Anakin, yes, you can, uh, because of XYZ and you didn't fail me as a student. And I didn't and me failing you as a master doesn't mean that you will fail your student, blah, 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 blah. But blah, like if but. Ahsoka gets a student, it really raises the question of where she is come the time of the sequel trilogy. And is she uh involved at all in luke's academy before its uh desolation or like does she reach a time where she could join up with ray post rise of skywalker i say she it could be a he uh you know whoever whoever this person is where do they fit into the future timeline oh this padawan this yeah. padawan is apparently riz is a he okay. uh, and the goal uh i don't know but ahsoka is going off in in some way shape or form ahsoka speaks to ray 
So is Ahsoka dead or is Ahsoka in some other world or is she in a world between worlds? Do, do you have a prediction? Uh, do you think do you think that she's alive in the time of, of Ray Skywalker? I think that she is on Mortis. I think that the ultimate fate of Ahsoka will be that she will go and I don't know whether it will be by herself. Uh, I think uh, akin to uh, spoiler alert for for Lost, um, I think she will assume the 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 the, the keeper of the island. Yeah, yeah, the, the the caretaker role of Mortis, the way that it was abandoned for a long period of time. She will real realize that um, despite all of what Luke accomplished, he accomplished it in spite of the galaxy being incredibly out of whack from everything that Anakin had done, uh, and that it is safer to have um, someone guarding over Mortis or or something like that, and that. It allows her to be able to speak to Ray when she's in need, and ultimately, and I don't know, maybe this Padawan goes to Mortis as well, or maybe because uh, Ahsoka is elevates beyond what a Jedi is, that maybe uh, this Riz has other missions that are equally as important in another galaxy, maybe not as far away. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, other things kind of in the news, uh, not too, too much, but this is a really, really interesting uh, rumor that's come out. And it could be um, right in line with something I've asked for already from Star Wars, uh, or it could be more uh, of something that I didn't think I would be getting in this time period. And that would be Andy Circus is heavily rumored to be in Andor. Okay as himself like or as like as an actor or as a um a motion capture artist or as a motion capture artist being snow you know, that's what, what i was gonna say it could be i guess i mean some logically... other version uh, other version of snoke like a pre uh a, a pre-haunted snoke oh it could, it could, oh that's a really interesting one it could be the original um DNA that Palpatine begins his Snoke experiments with. Thank you. Yes, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, uh, he's a, he's technically a strand cast with clone DNA, um, and so he's he could. We don't know if he has bits of Luke in him. Uh, we do know he has bits of Palpatine in him, um, but we don't know if uh, there's other beings in there as well. Well, the body or he could the just body be an was, early. Vi- the body was someone else's body, right? Like that. The idea is that. Not necessarily. His body could be just an incredibly deformed Palpatine. I don't know if that's oh. been fully confirmed or not. Okay. Um, but that's uh, that might be one of the things that's still up in the air. It might be an answered in an, uh, a, a deep crevice of um, the Rise of Skywalker novelization or the Secrets of the Sith, which would be that new book. So it's, it would be answered in one of those two sections. But I believe that one is is still kind of up in the air as to the exact specifics of the corpse that is Snoke. Uh, but it would be really interesting to see an early variation of that or a different uh, Snoke that came from a tank. Or what I had asked for before, just Andy Serkis in another role because he can do so many other roles. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, and even just him as uh, his face, I think would be really good. Just uh, without even just emotion capture, just him uh, directly acting, I think would look great. Yes, definitely. But is. As a rebel, I think. I think more so than... Uh, he has a ruggedness to him, though. Like, he's going to have to be... And that's fine with the rebels, because a lot of them are rugged. But, like, he has... And maybe I'm just picturing him in, in say, uh, Black Panther or whatever. He just kind of has a grittiness to him, even when he's in his true skin. 
what about one of saw's rebels though like what if he's one of the partisans sure yeah so that'd be cool. he's he's kind of like a, a crazy um like self sacrifice for the cause willing to do anything like mercenary rebel and by the way do we have forrest whitaker confirmed to be returning uh i think stellan skarsgård uh confirmed him by saying i did a scene with forrest okay. and <laughs> that, that tells you that'll kind of give it away a little yeah. bit but those older guys they can get away with uh just dropping things and uh disney just rolls their eyes at them that's right i think so too uh, another thing in the the leak is fear and rumor verse uh, would be that uh, potentially seventy five plus Mandalorians were hired for big scenes for Mando season three. Wow. Okay, that's a lot so, of armor to build. Yeah. Well, that was in part that that's the reason why I think it got leaked out was because they were sourcing Mandalorian armor from fans and whatnot. Um, no and way. There's, well, there is the the five hundred first, which is an official uh, organization that had you can submit. Uh, costumes and if they're of a certain quality they get like certified by the 501st oh. uh, and so it gives you basically a list of people you can call for background extras and Mando uh, I, I know the season finale of season one had a bunch of 501st people um, so it, it had like 40 501st extras and so that they were stormtroopers uh, but it wouldn't but that's kind of what's believed to be gone going on here and so they had actors but they in the same way they wanted to to just source as much armor as they could as opposed to having to make that many different uh, outfits in a short amount of time and that, also who wouldn't want their their gear to become screen accurate immediately yeah like that is like the greatest omaze prize i've ever heard and 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 if for people who have actually earned it by like acquiring this yeah. thing that is apparently good enough to to be in the real thing like that is that's that's so exciting good for them yeah so i hope that's indeed true and uh, i hope that we're very uh it, it was it was said in the in the leak that um they were kind of swapped around some of the gear. And so everybody kind of looks like Boba Fett to a degree in the sense that not, ev not everybody has their, their, their nice din armor where everything matches. Yeah. Uh, and so it could be kind of the, uh, a really cool uprising of a bunch of Mandos who have been in hiding or are, are really piecing things together, which would be kind of cool. Very, very cool. Uh, Acolyte production begins in February and, uh, other than that, uh, I went through and finally caught up on the ships and vehicles, biomes, and galaxy of sounds, uh, and uh, went through all those on Disney Plus. And those were really just, they were really nice background things. Uh, yeah. They just, they kind of, this tour of the Falcon, which I highly recommend, uh, and Star Destroyer, because it really makes you feel like you're in them, and you really get the the sense of your surroundings. It's awesome. They do a Star, uh, a Star Destroyer as well, because that's like enormous. They actually tour you through. Yeah, I mean, you don't get to see literally everything because you couldn't. Right. Um, but it it's a very, very cool vibe. Uh, and they're not long at all. They're just a few minutes. Uh, and then the sounds and locations one are, um, those are really great background ones to have on, especially the sounds. Because it, it just, it kind of, uh, it's just a really well sound mixed uh, grouping of all really cool Star Wars sound effects. I wonder if anyone's ever done a Star Destroyer or better yet, the Death Star floor plan on Minecraft. Sometimes you can see people's like absolute masterpieces on YouTube. Yeah, I am quite, I'm quite positive I've seen Star Destroyer on Minecraft on Reddit before. Cool. Uh, Death Star, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen uh, Super Star Destroyer, which 
is insane the amount yeah. of work that would go into that because it's also people just wishing that they had the lego blocks to be able to make it as well absolutely yeah <laughs> there's a really great hogwarts one not to bring that up again but i i have oh, seen that okay. on youtube and it's sensational awesome yeah well that's kind of the main things in the news we are gonna have so much uh, in the coming weeks and months uh in november we're gonna have disney plus day and so that's going to give us a ton more oh, yeah. uh, and likely uh teases on all of the things that we've talked about in particular book of boba fett which we don't have a ton of news about because they're got to be ready to drop a, a trailer i know um ming Nell one mentioned that she was working on some promotional stuff so all that's going to be coming soon so uh this is the calm before the storm but it is very exciting yeah, thanks for all your contributions. Like, I guess the real theme of, of this week's podcast was I didn't really feel like doing any prep for, for the podcast. And so <laughs> I don't even have birthdays. But uh, we had lots to talk about. Um, and like like I said before, this is just kind of the, the lull. You said the calm before the storm. And there's so much exciting Star Wars stuff to come, including the announcements that are always just, you know, days, weeks, hours, whatever away. Um, if you have any thoughts about what we discussed tonight, any predictions about specifically Ahsoka or Hayden Christensen, where you think he's going to fit into the Star Wars bulletin board going forward, we'd love to hear those predictions. You can email recorder66podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at recorder66. Please remember to rate and review on your preferred podcast app. And if you're joining us on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. And until we are together again, may the force be with you.